Hello, Valeria. Are you with me? I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite well. Lovely. Um, how, how are you? Um, I was thinking about what I'm going to tell you <laughs> before our session today, our podcast today. But um, I'm turning 30 tomorrow and I'm having like a lot of thoughts and feelings about that in relation to Ukraine. And I don't know. I know you and I will have a, an episode later to finish off the season to talk about what we've learned and what we've um, discovered in our journey of hosting Ukrainian spaces. But I think it's just... I don't know, highlighting to me the post that Mariam Nayem did a few um, weeks ago about our generation and understanding our generation of people who were born in independent Ukraine and just, you know, how much has changed for us and how much we've seen. And it's just a bit, I don't know, mixed feelings and a lot of thoughts. But um, I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course. And uh, I think... Uh... I mean, I'm sorry that I'm going to tell everyone on your behalf, but as with any other Ukrainians, I think the best the best uh, present this year is going to be uh, more donations, donations to our uh, favorite charities on the ground, uh, donations to Ukrainian spaces. Also, uh, if you if you love us and you feel like, or if you haven't supported it us yet, so. Yeah, am I right? Is it going to be the best way 100%. to celebrate your birthday? And I actually, uh, 1000%, anything, I also wouldn't use the word celebrate. It's like, at this point in time, it's mark these dates for us um, because of just what's going on. But I would actually say that I know that this is sometimes considered a controversial cause and topic to talk about. But I think the biggest present for me would be donations to support the army. Um, in whatever mm. way is possible. But yeah, I think I mentioned last time I spoke to one of my really close friends who's on the front lines and he just called me and he said that, you know, we just need really, really, really need support. And as we've been saying since day one and since our very first episode is that if Ukraine cannot defend itself militarily, we will not be able to continue the way that we are yeah. and talk about everything else. So if um, possible at all, if anyone feels like donating more people always ask us right like what can we do yeah, what yeah. else can we do so um donate to causes that support the army actually i very much disagree with you on celebrating i think that your birthday you should be celebrated as any other ukrainian life these days amid genocide i think that celebrating ukrainians and ukrainian lives in many ways possible this is the least we can do and the biggest fuck you to genocide that we can actually deliver as well in our in our everyday lives as well celebrating uh and so right. our um, army um, uh, okay I, uh, we, just quickly yeah sorry i wanted to jump in quickly uh, and share a fact that many people who probably have grown up in the West probably will not know. But I asked my mom to send me my birth certificate. I don't know mm. why, I just had this thought. My birth certificate is still a Soviet Union birth certificate, even though I was born in independent Ukraine. And I'm sure loads of people as well have the same <laughs> thing. But it just shows that like the legacy of stupid 
Soviet imperialism just like seeped through for and still does for a very long time. And I just, yeah, uh, everyone is always very surprised when they see it. <laughs> I actually don't want to spend too much time on explaining um, again, I think what we do and why we're here. But as you all know, we're here to feature Ukrainians and let Ukrainians talk from their perspectives and ask for the things that they need and want and highlight stories of hope and and bravery from their daily lives of you know their own stories and so i think it would be great if we can jump straight into um yeah. speaking with olha olha who's joining us from ua animals today yeah yeah absolutely uh olha, um are you hearing us sure hello everyone nice to hear and nice to be with you all today uh yes and we're very glad to make it you know finally happen because uh, personally i've been following your work and the work of your initiative for many months i mean it's uh, it's an issue that is very dear and personal to me and today unfortunately i mean everybody else please uh if you haven't seen it you gotta google sergeyevka and learn about uh russia's one of the recent terrorist attacks on Ukraine, on Ukrainian apartment building in Odessa region that left uh, 19 people dead. Uh, but also what was heartbreaking for me to see is also how many, you know, pets were also uh, killed in that attack or left without uh, pet parents. And this is unfortunate, of course, and very dark background for uh, featuring your work. But I love the stories about how Ukrainians almost never abandon their pets behind and they take care mm -hmm. of it and how our volunteers often risk their lives to make sure that uh, animals uh, are into safety or rescue them. But I mean, we're going to talk about this uh, a lot because I feel like it's also integral to Ukrainian identity so much uh, the take uh, the taking care that we uh, do for our animals. But Our golden rule every time is that we never introduce our featured Ukrainians and let them introduce themselves. So please tell everyone else uh, who you are, where you come mm -hmm. from, and mm -hmm. uh, what you do these days. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. Uh, let's try. So my yep. name is Olga Chevganyuk, and um, starting from 2018, My main purpose and my main, um, let's say, job activity, yes, it's uh, animal rights movement. Um, actually, before 2018, like right now, I'm uh, 30, 30, how much? 35 already. So I was searching for like my purpose and I knew exactly that there is something very specific what i should do in this world but i never knew what it should be and mostly i've tried different um, management positions um, a little bit of business in different spheres um, starting from selling clothes to uh, i don't know whatever like ma many different or organization for example of exhibitions but i always felt there should be something else and uh, i was keeping searching and then after a while i have found out about um other lives which are the most i would say silent and uh, who are not able to protect themselves 
Uh, already before that, I was in charity. I had my charity fund. Uh, it was connected with help for kids. But as I always say that uh, there are a lot of different topics which can hurt, but there is always one which hurts the most. And it doesn't mean it's the most important or others are not or whatever, but it means that you have the power to change something in it and then you should go in this topic. So for me, it was uh, about animals. And uh, it's really curious that I have found it uh, pretty late, I would say, because already then I was not eating meat. You know, I was a vegetarian for like 10 years and more. I was not wearing fur um, and etc. like not using cruelty um, cosmetic, which is tested on animals. So I was personally quite deep in this topic, but I never thought about it, like about activity only for my personal use. And then in 2018, something happened in my mind, of course, connected with like big uh, work uh, with uh, my values. And um, then I have found out about this movement, which was called UA Animals. And uh, at that moment, they were organizing Animal Rights March. And uh, before that, I didn't do anything about it. So I decided to go and check who is the person who is organizing it, how it looks like, what these people really want. You know, um, if I do something, I need to be absolutely uh, confident that the intentions of people are pure and they really want to do what they're really doing. Yes, what they pretend they want to do and not having any other intentions. So I went and checked this like person. Uh, this is actually the founder of UA Animals. After a while, I started to volunteer. And with every like uh, week and months, I took more and more responsibilities. And then we, uh, like I became the co-founder because only then we registered this organization. So uh, mainly um, that's it from that time. Yeah. Like now I'm COO, so I'm uh, working with uh, all operational uh, processes, which we have for yeah. now. Uh, I mean, this is a very quintessentially Ukrainian story of people just, you know, kind of measuring up to their values and uh, suddenly think like, okay, th these are my values, what I also can do in my life to mm -hmm. advance them and defend them and it's very badass so thank you for sharing that although before we actually uh, uh, I, we have tons of questions about the foundation and your work in recent months but also this is something we also ask our featured ukrainians is mm -hmm. about the day when the uh, in full-scale invasion started and mm -hmm. um you know, do, do you remember? I mean, everybody remembers. So, what's a what a stupid way to ask it? But uh, what was like for you that day? Um, uh, can you share it with us, please? Yeah, actually, I have found out earlier than even my parents, uh, and I was the one who told them because I was abroad. Um, I had vacations uh, in Indonesia. It was on uh, the island Bali. And I was there with my daughter and I came for like three weeks or so. And I was there with my daughter and I came for like three weeks or so. And I had my tickets back. So when it all started, of course, it was a shock 
and I immediately called my parents. At that moment, they were sleeping, so they didn't know about anything what was happening. So I brought uh, those news to them. Uh, well, after that, um, like, still, I was not able for a while to believe that it's really happening. Because I'm sure, like, for everyone here and for all, like, Kelsey people, you never you never expect that something like this can happen in your country and that it's a new reality. And uh, for a while, I expected that maybe maybe it will end soon, you know, in a month or something. Uh, well, yeah, so it took a while to realize, but also um, I would say, and I'm coming back again to my activity, yes, to animals, because we started to act in the very first day because uh, we realized that um, we like animals will need us more than ever right now and um, talking about myself and other people who are involving in the process this was one of the most like interesting things for me during this time I realized that by saving animals and doing uh, all we do, yes, all, um, I don't know, active work in fields, uh, all organizational processes online, we are actually not just saving animals. We are not just changing people's opinions. We are not just making them more humane. We are helping ourselves as well. And talking about myself personally, I know if I would not have this uh, this activity, yes, this, uh, let's say, job, yes, these processes. I don't know how I would feel. I think I would feel horrible because uh, when people cannot influence in any way uh, on what is happening, um, like a pain. Um, and I see that the volunteers who are coming to us, and for them, um, it's a blast because they finally have an instrument to help they finally can be the part of solution and they finally don't just viewers yes there's someone who can care about others yeah so i believe that when uh, all this started uh, the fact that i, I could continue uh, to do what i did but of course uh, we have absolutely other processes it, it actually, I don't know, saved me from all the things which I've just said. Yeah, and you know what you said earlier as well really stuck with me, which is about sort of doing your work that is so values-based and really leading by those values in whatever you do. Um, I think that was beautiful and I think it really summarizes so well um, a lot of what's been leading people in Ukraine more broadly. But I think it's so important for this particular topic as well. Um, but I also wanted to ask you as well, Olha, because you've obviously seen so many stories um, over the past couple of months to do with your work, to do with UA Animals. So I was just wondering if you could share some stories that inspired you or some stories that you think is worth knowing for people, both about people, but also about animals and how, because, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of us, it's so important to, to have those inspirational stories to keep us going. And I'm sure that you have 
hundreds of them. So mm-hmm. I was just wondering if, if there's anything you would like to share with everyone else here. You're absolutely right saying, saying that I have plenty of these stories. And uh, as all Ukrainians, uh, it's the same about me. I have never, ever been so proud about my country, about people, about what people do, what uh, choices they make. Um, the very first story, uh, and I have like many like this, uh, but this one was the first one. That's why I think it is stuck the most in my head. It was about Gastomil uh, shelter in, in Kiev uh, region. Um, in Gastomil, it's uh, one of the biggest shelters for cats and dogs in Ukraine, uh, second big one. And uh, I remember uh, they were occupied for a while. And I remember that they didn't have the connection. And I remember how with each day the situation was becoming worse and worse. Uh, but even uh, hearing, seeing and experiencing uh, bombing besides them, uh, people did not leave animals. And um, it is called uh, responsibility, which they took once. And despite they knew they could die and there was no way they could take all animals and leave somehow because the territory was already occupied first and second there are lots of them so it's technically not possible for that moment and uh, but they still stay and i remember so many stories like um there was the part of the shelter was ruined so they didn't have water because they didn't have electricity and water depends on the electricity there so they could not give food to animals because without water they could not prepare it and uh, like uh, day after day, week after week, uh, they were searching for different ways and uh, experiencing like uh, Russian Russians who didn't allow them to use cell phones, uh, knowing that saying something wrong or going um, in the wrong place uh, they could be easily killed. Um, some animals were killed just because they are, you know, barking or something. So, but this, but anyway, these people were staying there and they were doing like everything what they could. And one of the uh, hardest uh, pictures, which is stuck in my mind, I think, for all my life, is when uh, they didn't have water and they had to melt snow to have water. So can you imagine this feeling that you're sitting like in a safer city because just you're lucky or just the Ukrainian army uh, did everything to to make the city safe for this moment. And you're drinking the cup of cappuccino, you know, and glass of, I don't know, fresh juice. And some, I don't know, hundreds of kilometers far from you, same people who are just not that safe, not that lucky as to be safe as you, they're melting snow and there's nothing you can do.
there are people who uh, who left uh, uh, who had to leave their houses whose houses were ruined but they didn't leave animals uh, there are there is uh, also people you know uh, and shelters which touch me a lot uh, mostly these are people of course but uh, this i speak about those who had to leave their houses for several times just some days ago we posted the story about the girl who lived in crimea and when crimea was occupied by russians before this uh, invasion uh, she had to leave and she took her attention horse with her you know, horse, that's not a cat you can grab and go. So she took a horse, three dogs and a cat, and she had to move uh, to a- another city. And nowadays, when uh, we have uh, when we have the situation right now, she has to move again, because the small city where uh, she was situating, uh, she was situated is now occupied again. So, like, people had to be in the same situation twice. Yeah. Um, And didn't lose hope and care. Um, Can you hear me just double-checking? Because I think I lost connection for a bit. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. I also think your organization, UA Animals, is an inspiration and an inspiring story in and of itself. UA Animals is an inspiration and an inspiring story in and of itself. And the work that you guys do is absolutely representative of those values that make us who we are as Ukrainians and, and you know, caring and, and, and hopeful. And I was just wondering if you could share a little bit more about um, the specific initiatives that you guys do and, and essentially what, what mm-hmm. is your work and, and how are you supporting animals and, and people who are supporting animals right now? Mm-hmm. So uh, what we do, uh, first when we started, we had uh, three main directions. Uh, first one is, of course, humanitarian help. Um, we are receiving uh, or buying uh, food, cat, uh, food, uh, food for cats and dogs and horses, by the way. Um, and we are sending it to those who are in need. Uh, first of all, the cho- these are regions which are occupied. It's not always possible to go and help there, but uh, very often and mostly we find a way uh, to send somehow food or uh, to send funds. So the second actually thing which we do, we are fundraising and then we are uh, transferring these funds to those who are in need. So we receive uh, all these requests from people um, who have shelters. Uh, big ones, like for hundreds of animals, and small ones as well, and all in the middle. So if, for example, this is a person uh, who is living, I don't know, somewhere in the city or in town, village, and the person is feeding animals in the street, uh, like 30 cats, let's say, we are also, this is also the case, we're also helping to such people. So after occupied territories, uh, we help those which are recently um, uh, deoccupied, uh, those uh, which are under like bombing and fighting um, or or are situated nearby. And of course, we help to all types of animals. It's, um, it's about also wildlife. Mm, so we help uh, to zoos. And plus also before war, our big focus uh, was of course the changing of uh, people opinions 
making Ukrainian more humane. Uh, we had this animal rights marches, demonstrations, lots of work with influencers. Um, animals actually is a huge, I would say, media. We have really lots of uh, readers and it really helps us to change something uh, from the base basics, you know, not just like buy uh, food yeah. uh, or do something like this, but do something which will change the situation and make the society more humane uh, in years. And, I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm yeah. actually pinning to the broadcast uh, the tweets from your English language account and I'm so happy that you guys are uh, doing now it in English as well because over uh, these months, uh, in, you know, and even before, this is the amount of stories that you share in Ukrainian, for example, is mm -hmm. just uh, uh, huge. But each and every, I mean, literally, I've never read anything, I've never seen anything that was like meh. And they're also powerful and they're also uh, important. So I'm super glad that you guys now do it in English and everyone else, please pay, you know, pay attention and subscribe. This is a recent account, but it is already filled with something you can just scroll for mm -hmm. hours and it's fantastically, uh, fantastic job. Thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. And yeah, mm -hmm. also, yeah, I just wanted to add that I think you guys are a perfect example of a grassroots Ukrainian organization. We've been talking over the past couple of months about how important it is for people from um, countries outside of Ukraine to donate to organizations, Ukrainian organizations that are directly helping pe people and animals on the ground. Um, mm -hmm. And we've been talking a lot about humanitarian aid for people, but I think uh, your organization is extremely important in terms of supporting animals and people who care for animals. And so um, we also discussed previously that it's so important for, um, you know, Western audiences and everyone who wants to help to actually ask what is needed and not just provide the need that they think is needed. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you for um, people who are listening to us today and, and who will be listening to the podcast um, who are outside of Ukraine but want to help, how can they be helpful to UA animals and what can they do to support you guys? Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, we have Patreon, so you're very welcome to subscribe. This is the best thing like which you can do because it's monthly, of course. Uh, but then, you know, anyway, anytime you can unsubscribe uh, when you think it's needed. Uh, then we have on our pages, we have different other ways like PayPal accounts, uh, like in Euro, Dollar or whatever to help us. So financial help is really important. Um, because then it will be spread for like buying what is needed for shelters. Also, now we have uh, this sterilization program. Plus, we have a program about reconstruction of shelters which were destroyed um, and they need to be rebuilt. And of course, they need to become bigger, most of them for now. Mm, so yeah, financial, financial help for all this plus logistics is will be really appreciated. Uh, then I would say that spreading the information is uh, really a huge help because uh, all you know that the interest in uh, media is um, not that big as it was before and less and less information is um, is hearing all, is heard yes all over the world right now so spreading the information doing posts about your animals tagging uh, sharing uh, it's it's really a huge help 
plus yeah we always uh, are in search uh, for interesting collaborations um, like recently we had some collaborations with uh, different stars and uh, it's really helpful for us also to spread the idea so if there is anyone uh, who can the idea so if there is anyone uh, who can um, talk about your animals more widely and you can connect us with such people or businesses probably as well then we will also appreciate this that's amazing. Um, so yeah, guys, Patreon and follow uh, UA Animals in English if you speak Ukrainian and Ukrainian for more on how to help. But I'm going to pass over to Maria um, as well as Maria had a question for Ola. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Val. And uh, thank you, Ola, so much for all the work that you do. Um, I'm such an animal lover myself and a vegan, so I really appreciate everything that you and your team have been doing in impossible circumstances. So just a huge thank you to all of you. But I was hoping that you could tell our listeners a little bit about just how much goes into running such an extensive operation, especially during an invasion and a war, um, and how much help really UA Animals needs um, for people to have a concrete idea of really how much support you guys are in need um, and the incredible impact that the donations and the support have on your operations. Actually, that's an open information, which is possible to find as well on our page, because all of all of the expenses which we have daily, we daily uh, put just on the Google sheet, uh, which we uh, share with people. So it's like uh, super transparent to everything what we do and uh, uh, daily uh, I would say that we're sending not less than uh, 100,000 grievances it's I think more than 3,000 of US dollars uh, which goes to like logistics uh, and helping to shelters with which with what they need mostly it's food and then it's medicine and uh, then it's um, all, all the rest of the projects which we have yes which i've already mentioned um, and i would say that uh, before of course we it, it was much easier for us to fundraise this amount like nowadays it's already uh, the the biggest i would say I uh, think which we have to manage as uh, like management of the organization because before war we didn't have a separate people who were working only with fundraising. It was quite organic for us and of course the needs were much less. Nowadays already we are uh, building the team which will be working just on this topic and just with fundraising talking with donors with businesses with like separate people um making these creative projects uh, we are in love with and we're making them all the time um just to fundraise more so yeah yeah and thank you for oh so go, no, ahead. go ahead maria go ahead go ahead okay thank you um i was also going to ask a little bit of a more a uh, different direction question, a bit more, I suppose, of a, <clears throat> excuse me, philosophical question. And that is, you know, I think we can say that uh, a person's character is reflected in the way uh, that a human treats animals. And 
I personally, and I know a lot of us have seen a very stark contrast in the treatment of animals of Ukraine by Ukrainians and by Russians. And, you know, I remember some some really graphic examples that I saw on Telegram channels. Um, in particular, you know, I remember Russian Russians skinning dogs alive and, and eating them and just a lot of um, unbelievable examples of animal cruelty. And do you think that there is a fundamental difference in the treatment of animals between Russians and Ukrainians and, and what that reflects on a broader scale? Hmm. I would say yes. Uh, I would say, like, I, I always actually say that um, why Ukraine will win is just because uh, we are different and we are who we are. And uh, being more humane, it's the part of this. Um, we have plenty of stories uh, with animals like killed by Russians and with animals saved by Russians despite their own unsafety, of course. Uh, in larger scale, um, it's hard to name some numbers um, because um, we don't have these numbers. So we have like the numbers of separate situations, uh, like when, for example, the war, the wall farm with horses uh, were burned, was burned. Yes, for example, like, like this. But we don't have any specific numbers, and it's really hard for me to imagine because I believe it's just like thousands uh, in wildlife and thousands uh, in the streets. Maria, we always say these words of Gandhi, and uh, no one would say better than he. Um, it's a quote, uh, his quote, that the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. And yeah. I'm 100% sure that it's true. And I would say maybe a very sad thing but I believe that after the war, um, our society will be even more humane. It's what I experienced with my colleague, like you animals, is uh, working uh, with different organizations on some topics uh, worldwide, like uh, the ban of fur, for example, and the ban of delphinariums. So I spoke with one colleague, uh, which is a, who is a huge support for me, of course, nowadays, because uh, she experienced war in her country. There was a war like for five years or something in her country. And what she said that the amount of uh, vegans grew after the war ended and that for them, uh, like people, they saw so much suffer and they felt uh, so much pain that they now can, or after this, yes, they can feel um, more empathy for others. And that's why working with topics uh, connected with animal rights for them much is, is easier. I also wanted to point everyone's uh, uh, attention uh, because I feel like when we ask people to donate and we ask people to support grassroots uh, humanitarian organizations or, you know, animals, I think it's also important to remind people how much impact uh, these kind of donations have already made. I remember this still like fantastic story about Mykolaiv's zoo, which is the largest Ukrainian uh, zoo in uh, southern Ukraine. 
And of course, since the first days of invasion, uh, it got terribly hit by non-constant bombing. But I always remember how literally tens of thousands of people from all around the world just, uh, you know, uh, reply to the call to go and buy online tickets for that zoo. And the same happened to Kiev Zoo as well. And it helped uh, those zoos. I just feel like people, you should know that you have power, actual power. And even if you buy like a couple of tickets or you donate, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 euros, together it actually matters on the ground am i right olga mm -hmm. this is yes, this is actual power mm -hmm. and you are absolutely right you're absolutely right we would not be able to do anything without people who are donating and uh, uh, before um first months i think when we were counting the result of the day Uh, first, we were counting, you know, how how much money was spent, uh, uh, like on this, on that. But after after this, we realized that it's not uh, it's not the goal, you know, to spend money. The goal is to save lives. And instead of counting how much money we spent, we started to count how many animals we saved, meaning how many animals we had a chance to evacuate to pay for logistics how many animals we'd like to realize how many animals we fed yeah because for example if we like sending i don't know uh 10,000 grivnas you know to one shelter we know that uh, around uh, 100 of animals have food for one month so it's really uh easy for now for right now for us to count how many animals we save and uh, that's what you can see every day in our reports because every day your animals is doing a report on this on the page uh saying what what was done in one day so it's like super transparent and uh, super quickly will give all the information back so every day or yeah. every dollar you donate you can see like what what was your part in in this whole process yeah and since we uh with maxim and Marie usually mostly have people from outside Ukraine, I just wanted to say that I know some people sometimes wonder about, you know, donations going to Ukrainian organizations and where they end up and what is done with them. But I think Olha just really summarized to you the transparency of Ukrainian civil society organizations, the the sort of direct work that they're doing on the ground every single day. And that And, and just basically clearly for the past 48 minutes showed to us, clearly for the past 48 minutes showed to us why it's so important to continue donating to people who are helping um, Ukrainians and Ukrainian animals and, and everyone else um, every single day. So I think just, just wanted to remind everyone and just say that don't be scared to donate to Ukrainian organizations. Actually, I encourage you to specifically donate to Ukrainian organizations such as UA Animals um, because they're doing amazing work. So, Olha, to wrap up, we ask usually our favorite question. And I think there's a few things that you said throughout um, today that really stuck with me, but uh, around the humanity, right? The, the way that... Mm -hmm the way that we've really seen that come out through people and the way that they've been treating animals and staying behind and taking care of them, melting ice to have water and, and all of these amazing stories. And I just um, wanted to ask you for you personally, um, as a person who's been, been volunteering for such a long time uh, before the war, now in the war, um, what does it mean for you in terms of your values and just in general, 
What does it mean for you to be Ukrainian? Hmm. To be Ukrainian. I don't know. For me, you know, um, I would say, I can't say briefly, so it will be a short story. Um, Please. <laughs> yeah. In my life, uh, it happened this way because of my personal life, my like f- first husband I had. He had this idea of living somewhere abroad. I have no idea like how it happened in his head. And um, my life was happening, you know, in such a way that every time I was able to move anywhere else in the world and to live like anywhere in the world, like, you know, to, just to just, I don't know, anywhere in any country I would want to. But I never realized why I should. And what what will be better there for me why i should be there and uh, for a while like the longest time i think i lived abroad was around uh, nine months it was uh, COVID time but i was trying to uh, do something on the territory where i was and uh, it is absolutely possible like you can save animals anywhere you are you can do something there but for me i always felt that it's just the right place for me like ukraine is the right place my team is here laws which i absolutely understand are here Mm. i have everything what i need to develop myself to develop my personality here it's just happening somehow in this world that you're born somewhere where you can be useful and uh, i believe it's not for everyone and sometimes it's reasonably to relocate somewhere and live in a different place Uh, but uh, when i've made this choice to come from abroad to ukraine even with my daughter it felt absolutely right for me because I wanted to be the part of everything what is happening here. Right now, for me, being in Ukraine and being Ukrainian means to be in my place, uh, do what I have to do. And I know that Ukraine is changing absolutely its uh, history right now. Uh, Before, when I was traveling, and people asked me, like, uh, where are you from? Ukraine? Where is Ukraine? Is it near Russia? That was always the case, which I've heard. I know that I will never ever hear this again abroad. Like everyone will know now where is Ukraine? Um, How rich is this country with people? Yes, with our actions, about our values, bravery and the rest. So all I want to do now is to support it as much as I can on my front, because like we say that uh, we have this animal animal protection front yes it's uh, our part um, of bringing ukraine to the victory is helping animals to survive and helping any and helping people who help animals and who keep these animals to survive and of course after this all will end um, i hope we will do all what we can um, to change the fundamentals of how people behave with animals Yeah. yeah, and this is very also, powerful. Thank you so much for sharing this, and also the work that you do and your organization does. I think it's a very good testament to one trait of Ukrainians I really love is this a bit of extra empathy that mm-hmm. Ukrainians have that not only they extend to 
each other in times of genocide, but they also extend to animals as well uh, with the same kind of love and empathy that they take care of their loved ones in the family. So this is this is very powerful and beautiful. Thank you for, so much for sharing these stories today with us. Thank you, guys. I was glad to. And thank you for bringing me here and talking about Ukraine. Always welcome. <laughs> and <laughs> just a quick reminder to everyone, I know we've said it a lot, but I think one uh, responsibility that Maxim and I have is to show people outside of Ukraine all the amazing initiatives that they can support. Uh, we've brought in people from Women's March, from Kiev Pride, from now UA Animals. There's so many causes. There's so many amazing people doing a lot of great work. So we just ask you to support Ukrainian voices, support Ukrainian initiatives, and um, follow and amplify the work um, that these organizations and initiatives do. So just really, really grateful to Olha for coming and joining us. And I really encourage everyone to follow UA Animals as well in English or in Ukrainian um, and, and, and follow their work and, and support them. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, uh, guys, our sponsors, thank you so much. This broadcast is only happening thanks to your growing support for Ukrainian spaces on Patreon. Uh, and uh, we would love to get more works uh, done, and uh, that's why we need more support. So um, please tell us, uh, tell about us to your friends and spread the word online. We're always happy, but most importantly, even if you're not a sponsor, but you love our show, please use and claim the hashtag Ukrainian Spaces to share your stories. Uh, we always love to quote them and feature them because this is literally our job to amplify more Ukrainian voices and decolonize more Ukrainian stories online. Um, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you, Olo. Thank you, Valeria and Maria. Uh, was really, um, it was a really special one. Um, one thing is left is Slava Ukraini. Thank you, guys.